You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And this week we're talking about lead ammunition. And, you know, us as sportsmen, lead ammunition is... is one of the few things, few places where where people still come into contact with lead, fishing sinkers, lead ammunition, that sort of thing. So we kind of talk about what we know, you know, around some of the, the concerns with lead, whether it's to humans or wildlife, and just kind of our thoughts, our stance on on lead ammunition but before we get into that i want to talk about our title sponsor which is the blue collar bull sale in somerset ohio so any of you out there running cattle got a a herd of cattle a couple head of cattle whatever you got listen up the sale is going to be march 27th so it's coming up it's in somerset ohio and these are herd improvement bulls so whether you're a purebred breeder or a commercial producer, these bulls will add value to your next calf crop. So if that's something that you're you're looking to do, you're looking to add value, these are these are high value bulls, check them out. Go to Facebook and search Blue Collar Bull Sale, and there you'll find all the information you need on where it's gonna be, what they're gonna have to offer, all the details. So check them out at the blue collar bull sale these bulls are bred to work welcome to the ohio huntsman podcast where three brothers jason jacob and jeff discuss all things hunting in ohio our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of ohio as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way this is the ohio huntsman podcast are you listening All right, so lead. Lead is, uh, I don't even know where to start with lead. It's one of those things that seems to garner some debate, especially in the the outdoors communities, hunting and fishing, where it's still used, you know. I don't know. I don't know that I would say predominantly, but there's a lot of applications in ammunition and fishing weights and things where 
lead is still used. Lots of other household uh, items where lead has been removed. So I guess we were just going to kind of have a conversation today about lead. You know, uh, I don't even... (laughs) Me personally, I don't even want to say should you be using lead or or moving away from lead or, you know, because I just... I don't know, but the three of us thought it would be a worthwhile conversation to just kind of explore some of what's out there and just talk through it. So, Jeff, I I know you said you had done a little bit of research. You got a a jumping off point for us on this? Yeah, I mean, there's kind of two two facets of, you know, when you're talking about lead and whether it should be being used or not kind of in the hunting and fishing world, the outdoors world, um, you know, cause you got the, the human health side of it and then right. you have the environmental health side of it. You know, there's kind of two, two camps of, uh, why we might want to start moving away from the use of lead. All right. One of the, one of the biggest and probably most well publicized is the, you know, the effects of lead on the, the condors, right? The California condor and how that, you know, they eat, uh, carrion, I guess is probably the, you know, dead critters, dead things. And so eating on, you know, critters that have been shot with lead bullets and then ingesting lead. And I, think what i've read is like that was pretty well proved and maybe i'm wrong on this uh but that like they could prove or correlate that lead was having a statistically significant impact on the condor population and was therefore one of the big reasons why california moved to ban lead ammunition is that your guys's understanding as well yeah, I mean, there was definitely research that showed that there was uh, California condors and other uh, scavengers that were dying from ingesting lead from outdoor uses, you know, from animals that had been shot and gut piles or animals that were shot and never recovered and then also from uh fish you know that had ingested lead um a lot of times the fish that are ingesting lead is they're ingesting waders that have fallen off Oh, like weight, weights, line weights or whatever. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Weights. Yeah. They're ingesting those bottom feeders, you know, catfish, stuff like that. Will right, okay. ingest that and then a animal comes along and eats that fish and gets all that lead into them. Right. My and again I have not done a ton of research on the subject, but what I've heard is the big players and the big issues are the birds that basically 
eat small rocks and things for their crop to help digest food. If you're using lead ammunition, lead BBs, they use that in their crop and then that can infect their meat, which then passes down the food chain. And like Jeff said, the fish, same thing. They ingest it and then it passes on down to anything that it's that long-term exposure, basically. You know, if you shoot an animal with lead BBs, it's not going to hurt the animal you shot. It's not, you know what I mean? As long as you get the BBs out of it, I guess. But it's not like an instant poisoning type thing. You know, it's right. that long-term exposure where that animal has it in its digestion for its whole life. Then it gets into its meat, which then passes down to whatever, scavengers or... But on the flip side of that, I've seen research where guys who live 100% on fish and eat fish their whole life, the same fish that are being, you know, accused, so to speak, of ingesting all these weights, they had never increased their lead markers. Like humans who eat lead-infested fish, their lead mark never actually increased, so... I've seen both sides of the argument, so I don't, like I said, I don't know enough to speak on one side or the other, but I have seen yeah. studies or heard things where it's like, you know, these people who live in whatever, Indonesia or somewhere where that's all fish. I mean, they eat fish all day, every day, and their lead markers are never any higher. Right. But yeah. And I mean, with fish, kind of the big culprit for the heavy metal that's the big culprit with them is mercury. Um, You know, that's kind of more what you hear with fish is the mercury versus the lead. Um, Yeah. And that's more in like the long lived fish, right? Swordfish and and that kind of stuff. Right. And, And bioaccumulation, you know, it's the higher up the food chain, basically, the the more uh heavy metals you get and that's with both lead and mercury you know uh because each step you go up the food chain that thing's eating you know more and more of its food is got the heavy metals in it so it accumulates as you step up the food chain sure um so that's kind of and yeah the the birds using it for their crops is kind of another facet of it. Um, you know, because you have the scavengers that are getting it from scavenging dead animals, but then you have animals that are not scavengers or primarily scavengers that are also getting lead in them because they're ingesting either lead just themselves you know with the birds they're they're just flat out ingesting the lead um or they're ingesting animals that are ingesting the lead right so that's kind of the environmental aspect of it you know kind of what the environmental worries are and you know not always does lead poisoning kill you know, sometimes it just affects, you know, reproduction um, or just survive. You know, it, the lead isn't killing it, but it's basically making the animal 
for lack of a better word, stupid. And it's yeah, getting it's susceptible to predation. Right, right. Um, and with the birds using it in their crops, I mean, we have determined as a nation, if you will, that in the waterfowl sector, that it was so harmful that we banned the use of lead shot in waterfowl hunting back in 91. You know, Bush enacted that in 91. So now we're 30 years removed from that. And we're, you know, we haven't really taken any more steps. I mean, California had their the California condor and there, there, there are other steps that are being taken, but nothing major national has been changed basically since 91 yeah i mean did have either of you heard any kind of research or read any kind of research where there's statistically significant impacts because uh, right i can i can see scavengers eating hunter harvested uh you know, eating on gut piles and they get some lead in their system. Cause right. I don't think there's any arguing if in a lab setting you feed a bird or an animal lead and it gets in their system, it has detrimental impact. I don't, I don't know that there's anybody arguing that we know that it has a detrimental impact in humans, right? That's why we removed lead from gasoline, lead from paint. It was causing problems. But there, there's like another layer to the argument that, yes, it's bad, and, and, and we all sort of accept the fact that it's bad, but at, to what end, I guess? Like, are there some animals dying from lead, lead poisoning? Or, you know, like, like Jeff, you said, it, it's affecting their their system enough to where maybe the bird can't fly right or, you know, it's, there's something wrong with it to where it makes it easy pickings. Is there, is there research that says it's having a statistically significant impact that I, I guess that you guys are yeah. aware of? I, the only research that I, have seen where they have confirmed, you know, a statistically significant impact at the population level um, was the the research that led up to the the lead and waterfowl um, ban, and then the research um, with condors and scavengers in California. Okay. But, you know, the California one, you know, that's, you know, there could, there definitely could have been some bias in their methodology. You know, their, their results showed something, but there definitely could have been some bias in the methodology. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and that's kind of when you move into the, the human 
impact, that's really where you get into a lot of bias. You know, it seems like a lot of the studies that have been done with lead in game meat are, uh, you know, the only people that are interested are people who have a stake in it, you know. So it's they they are coming up with a conclusion before they even do the scientific experiment. You know, they they want an outcome and they make sure that they get that outcome, if you will. So are you saying on both sides? Like the, Yes, on both sides, yes. Okay. Um, so like hunting organizations are trying to prove that it's not harmful, no big deal, don't worry about it. Anti-hunting, um, you know, yeah. save the deer are proving that it is harmful. Yeah, yeah. And both, both sides, because kind of the the holy grail, if you will, like the study that everyone points to um, on the human, on leaden game meat and the impacts on humans um, is a study that took place in North Dakota um, in 2008. Um, and in my opinion, the results were sort of inconclusive is how I would describe the results okay but the you know the pro hunting shooting sports side basically they say like oh it proves that it's not really having a you know an impact you know statistically significant impact and kind of the other side is saying oh this proves that you know these people are getting lead poisoning basically because what what the the study found you know they they tested hunters who had ingested you know self-identified as ingesting game meat and different levels of game meat and different frequencies of game meat and they had individuals ranging all the way from having zero micrograms of lead in their blood you know blood levels of lead all the way up to 9.82 micrograms and the cdc says that if you have above 10 micrograms you are what's considered of having high or elevated lead levels in your blood like okay. that's kind of like the point where they need to take action like you have higher than normal, like they need to basically do an environmental study and find where you are getting lead into your right. system. Um, you know, they, they, they state that no, no lead is a safe amount of lead, but that 10 micrograms is like where they really think that they need to look into it and like you could actually or you are likely if you will to develop problems like that's kind of okay. their threshold so no one had above the the 10 micrograms right also kind of showing a little bit of a bias like this article cites this 10 micrograms well 
that 10 microgram threshold is for children. Adults can have a higher level. So, and they don't, they don't state that in, in their, you know, their research. They just say like that this is the acceptable level. Right. And basically their conclusion of their research is that adults should be cautious. Um, Pregnant women and children under six should basically avoid eating meat that has been harvested using lead bullets. Um, that was the conclusion of the study, or yes, that was their 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 recommendation. Do because of their conclusion of the study, and I was that like you, yeah, that that there is a uh, an impact and that. They recommend that pregnant women and children under six avoid ingesting meat that was harvested using lead bullets. Sure. Now, where sort of a little bit more of, and now both sides of the argument kind of use that as their evidence of like, it's not safe, you know, because the pro shooting sports people say like, Oh, well, no one was above the threshold. And, you know, the anti-game meat and, you know, pro-environment type anti-hunting crowd is saying no level safe. So just the fact that that these people did have elevated levels compared to, you know, people who didn't ingest game meat shows that there's a problem. We need to pause here briefly and talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So Monster Whitetail Grub has anything you need from a deer feed and supplement standpoint. So they've got their signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed, which we've used and had very good success with. They've got flavored corn. They've got straight mineral. I know know people like to run straight mineral or, or have mineral out in the springtime for fawn development, nursing does, antler development lots of good reasons to have have some uh some mineral out so check out monster white tail grub for that go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and you can get in touch with them and order their stuff other studies you know have looked into the the lead in game meat and basically how it gets there um and things like that because what we're talking about is not in most cases not actual chunks visible chunks of lead in the meat or you know even things that would be detected by touch or taste or you know feel like it's not even like sand grains it's microscopic lead right right um and kind of some of the things they found to be concerned about is that faster moving bullets, you know, rifle, basically rifles, um, put a lot more lead into the animal than slower moving bullets, than shotguns and slug, you know, slugs, handguns, you know, slower. Mm-hmm. Basically, the slower the bullet, the less lead transferred um 
but one thing that they found that was really surprising to me, and they kind of said this is like a, like, oh, you know, like a shocking thing, but to me it was like, wow, that's shockingly small, is that they said that uh, microscopic lead was found as far as six inches from the wound channel. And really, for me, it's like I, six inches ain't bad. You know, like yeah, because I've mean, I've seen like X-ray images where they X-rayed an animal, and it was, you know, like the X-ray lit up like a Christmas tree with all these little specks of what they were calling lead in the carcass. Yeah, yeah, and that 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 surprised me, and potentially it was their definition of wound channel. You know, potentially they weren't. They were saying, like, you know, it, it can extend, like, six inches beyond, like, the bloodshot or whatever. You know, like, where the hy- hydrostatic shock goes, it can go six inches beyond that. You know, I don't know. But that was that was surprising to me. Yeah. Because it's like, Hex, that's that's not bad, you know? Like, if, if I can just cut... You know, if I if I shoot a deer in the lungs, you know, I can go, you know, if I get just a center lung shot six inches in all direction, I'm not getting rid of much good meat. Right. You know, I'm getting rid of some ribs and some flank steak and, you know, things like that. Um, and another big culprit for lead in game meat is the bullets striking large bones you know you're basically you're shooting through the front shoulder and saving that meat you know on the front shoulders or around you know because the bullet striking a bone can really cause a lot of fragmentation um and another big finding is that ground meat is the culprit and commercially processed ground meat. They found that individuals, when they process their, their ground, have a lot less lead in it than really when commercially processed. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no real good hypothesis for that you know they state some hypothesis but there wasn't a lot of like they had no evidence for anything you know so it could be that a commercial processor they're basically under pressure to give you back as much meat as possible yeah you know, so they are, are trimming a little closer to those wound channels and making that in the hamburger. Where if you're doing it yourself, you are like, oh, you know, that's all wasted meat. Yeah, I, that was going to be my hypothesis is that. I mean, I I don't know this for a fact. I've never worked as a processor or in a processor, but. From what you hear and read, you know, they they are. They get accused a lot of. um, 
you know, how, how come I got so little meat back, you know? And, uh, I've, I've heard it time and time again, Yeah, you know, and I, I, you know, and that's just at my limited experience of actually going into a processor. I've heard that, that conversation, right. You know, what, you know, how, how, you know, it was, you know, it was a big buck and I, you know, how'd I get back so little? Right. And it's like, well, you shot it through both hind quarters and, you know, it, it wasn't properly, you know, field dressed and you got some gangrene. So like, that's, this is what you have. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, well, and if you're not, another thing is if you're someone who doesn't skin cut and quarter your own deer if you've never done that i mean there's a lot of weight from your deer that isn't actually meat (laughs) right you know when you start talking a scout i mean on a big buck a big buck has big bones (laughs) so i mean all that weighs that it has weight to it so you know i mean yeah you hang your big buck up and you know whatever get a weight it's like oh 200 and some pounds well but that's you know with the head attached and the antlers and all this you know the skin the everything the bones yeah it all has quite a bit of weight to it so then when you take all that if you're someone who doesn't do it yourself you know if you just drop a whole deer off i mean there's a lot that you're losing before you even get to the meat right yeah well, that's one thing is the skin. I don't think a lot of people, I mean, to me, a, a, like a deer hide is surprisingly heavy. Yeah. Like, I don't think people realize how heavy a deer hide is. You know, like, because just about every time I pick one up, it's like, wow, this is, you know, heavier than I was expecting. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm picking up a bowling ball, but, you know, you kind of lift it up and it's like, oh, this is heavy. And it's, you know, it's also like dead weight, basically. So it's kind of hard to carry. Yeah, it just hangs. But, yeah, you expect it to, like, pick up like a blanket, right, or something, you know. Right. It's it's far heavier than that. Right, right. But, yeah, so ground is kind of the big culprit. And commercially ground even more so because another thing that i was thinking about is i've been cutting up meat to grind myself and i you know i have a very small grinder so i have to cut it into very small pieces and found a slug in a hindquarter you know that i probably would have thrown entirely in you know like into a grinder had i had a industrial grinder because it you know it snuck its way in there like i i had no idea that i shot the deer in that way i had shot it through the front shoulder and like the deer was kind of bent like in a c shape so i shot it through the front shoulder out through the ribs well then it went back in and tucked in right up against the hip bone and 
you know, so it wasn't like there was a big hole in that hind quarter. There was, you know, just kind of, you know, had lost most of his energy and just kind of pushed its way in between the muscles. So, and yeah, you get a whole bullet that happens to go into a grinder. Yeah, they're going to hear it and stop the machine and, you know, but that's going to put a lot of lead, you know, powder into that machine. Right. But the the next kind of thing with the the lead and is like Jason mentioned is they have they x-ray these carcasses, you know, deer carcasses and I actually read one study where they uh shot pig carcasses you know they they shot domestic pig carcasses to see how uh the bullet fragmented and where the lead got Mm -hmm. and the it moves in a very unexpected way you know that was kind of another worry if you will was they said like you expect it to basically move in a circle you know like there's a contamination zone of a circle sure and they basically said like that's the the wound channel can go one way and the lead fragments and like powder can go another way hmm so that's uh yeah there's a uh, and and probably why it's hard to get like good clear information is there's so many different facets of this right there's a lot of variables at play and so as i'm sure you know you the listener can tell we are by no means experts on this and are are just trying to sort through the information ourselves so i guess where do you guys have you guys made a conscious decision on the type of ammunition you use or do you just buy what's available and haven't really put much thought into it where do you fall on that spectrum so up until very recently i was basically whatever whatever works is what i'm buying right um and when it came to uh shotgun you know and hunting with shot shells for small games stuff like that you know i was very adamant about lead you know i don't i don't want steel it loses energy you know it doesn't hit as hard you know all of that basically you know steel steel is garbage um but this year i seemed to shoot a lot better when dove hunting with steel shot and i i you know i i had heard steel advocates say that like you know dove hunting and bird hunting with steel like is you know once you kind of go to it and get used to it you'll never go back because it's better if you will because you know steel because it's lighter it's faster and because it's lighter 
you have more pellets. You know, you have a larger payload. You know, one ounce of steel and one ounce of lead, you have more pellets in one ounce of steel. You know, so you are increasing your hit probability. Also, because steel doesn't deform, you get a tighter shot column. Now, I'm not sure your math works out here. (laughs) If you're shooting the same weight of, I I get that each individual pellet is lighter, but if you're shooting a one ounce load, isn't the muzzle velocity the same? Uh, I, you know, I get what you're saying. And I, I don't, all I know is if you, potentially they they put because it's a lighter you know projectile mm-hmm. they they increase the velocities but like in the same price range like uh i'm trying to think of what it's called like federal game and target they sell that in both steel and lead okay the steel is faster like the the advertised velocity is faster. Okay. Um but yeah, I I do get what you're saying and that doesn't make sense. So I don't I don't necessarily know that answer. You know. Yeah. I I don't have an engineering brain so I didn't question it. <laughs> but now I now that you point it out it's like, "Oh yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense." No, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've but, I've never compared lead to steel. Yeah, I mean but I can see if, on a on an individual like you know if I'm shooting a uh, you know whatever, let's call it a thirty six grains. Well, I'm shooting a bullet of equal size, one made out of lead and one made out of steel. The the steel bullet is lighter and will therefore in theory, should shoot faster with the same amount of propellant. Yeah. But what I was going to say is that I have, this year, I I shot better with steel, you know, and I, I was only using steel because I was going duck hunting, and then after I was done duck hunting, I was gonna try to shoot some doves so i threw steel you know a box of steel six or seven shot in the car just so i didn't have any lead to potentially get myself in trouble with right yeah you know i i wouldn't accidentally have any lead shot on me whatsoever um and it it seemed to do a better job i shot better with it and Hmm. you know a lot of people say that there's no range you know like you you can't shoot at any distance with especially small steel shot right and i shot you know probably the farthest i've ever shot it of you know this year with steel shot Hmm. you know i i it was a good ways out there and I was you know basically throwing up a prayer and I smoked it 
I wonder if that has to do with the, like you said, the the pellets deforming, right? Because that, I mean, you see a lot of different solutions or or attempts at keeping pellets spherical or you know whatever their original shape was in lead shot shells with you know some kind of polymer buffer that goes in between the pellets to you know keep them from smashing right but then they're going to be forced through a choke that i don't you know i don't know that the buffer helps much with that i I think it's more of that initial launch that push right where everything wants to squeeze together once when it's going Mm -hmm. from zero motion to you know thousand plus feet per second right and so maybe the steel holds its shape better here's a thought then and i have no idea if this is true i've never done this comparison but maybe in the ammunition world maybe you can because steel doesn't deform maybe they're putting more powder behind it and that's why it's going faster at the same weight right yeah i don't know I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking maybe you can put more powder in there and launch it and get better velocities because you don't have to worry about it deforming or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> that might yeah. explain why you get better muzzle velocities out of steel. If there, I, maybe there isn't more powder. I have no idea, but that's just yeah. something that came to my mind. Well, yeah. Or a different type of powder, you know, maybe lead can't handle as much of an initial shock as steel can. You know, so they have to use a slower burning powder with lead than they do with steel. You know, I don't know. I All I know is that, uh, you know, the advertised velocities are different and everybody says that steel's faster. Yeah. But now, yeah, yeah. When you pointed it out, it was like, well, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so, and I think and also a lot of applications with a shotgun it doesn't make enough difference to make a difference. You know, I I think if you're between steel and lead, like if you're shooting at doves and you're missing, it's because you're a crappy shot and it's not the, the, I mean, ammo can matter, but it's not steel versus lead. That is what the problem is. You know, you might have easy. I miss a lot. Well, so do I. <laughs> I I went and shot a whole box of shells and got a dove this year. <laughs> and I that was embarrassing. Public land, whole box of shells, and like there was people not coming over to this field because they heard me over there just blasting away. You know, so then I'm walking out past their fields and, you know, there's still doves flying around, you know. Yeah. And I got, you know, I have one dove (laughs) and, you know, it's like, this is embarrassing. And, you know, the whole time I'm just hoping that these people aren't asking like, oh, you know, how, how'd you do? Yeah. You know, luckily they, I just kind of walked past and, you know, it was, it was getting dark. It was getting late. So everyone was kind of wrapping up. Yeah. But yeah, I left the field because I had no more shells to shoot. (laughs) So, and I, I, that's kind of why I 
the other reason was like, well, I can't shoot any worse with steel. You yeah, know, there like, you go. Might as well just throw steel in the car so that I don't have any lead anywhere around for me to accidentally pick up. Yeah. And, I, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I started pulling the trigger and birds were falling and it's like, well, that's interesting. You know, like I've I've been shooting terrible and now I'm hitting what I'm shooting at. I want to talk here briefly about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastin's, as the name implies, is a deer scent company. And one of the great things about Mastin's is their prices. If you haven't been to their website to check out their prices, I encourage you to do that. Mastin'sDeerSense.com and just go on and, and see what they're charging for a bottle of liquid scent. While you're there, look at some of the other products they offer, like their scented gel crystals, They've got scented candles, which you use in their double scent stacker, like deer-scented candles, candles, doe estrus candles, those sorts of things. So lots of cool and interesting options. So check them out, mastinsdeersense.com. So for, it, it sounds like you maybe inadvertently switched to lead because of your 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 new found interest in in waterfowl hunting oh yeah switch to steel yeah i mean that's the only reason oh, i yeah, had sorry. yeah i mean that was i mean i i had steel shot but it was basically i bought it because it was cheap or what was available um but now it's i i i don't think if if i have the option to choose you know price being relatively the same if I have the option to choose between a box of steel and a box of lead birdshot, I'll probably pick up the steel. Um, okay. Because, you know, I, I'm i not, you know, when you're shooting squirrels or grab, I mean, I, I did have a bad, prior to this, really the only time I had ever hunted with steel, I did sort of have a bad experience. Um I was rabbit hunting with steel four shot and you guys know me if, if the thing's still moving, I'm going to still shoot. If it's still running, I'm still shooting. <laughs> right. And, yeah. uh, I ended up shooting a rabbit four times before it stopped running. Oh, now, you know, probably after two, the thing was done. But I I ended up shooting four times and, you know, I kind of in my head blame that on like, oh, it's, you know, the steel shot. It doesn't have any weight to it. So. Yeah. But, you know, it's probably marginal shooting and me enjoying the pull the trigger. Yeah. And uh, so was know, there a lot of holes in it? Not. Not as many as there should have been by right, shooting okay. four times, you know, I, and, you know, I was shooting like in the brush. It was, you know, rabbit hunting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I shot very quickly, you know, like I was really pulling the trigger. So yeah. probably after two, 
you know, I, I may have missed <laughs> more than, you know, one or more of those shots. Sure. Um, after two, it was hit. And, you know, after four, it stopped moving. <laughs> okay. So there wasn't a ton of holes. It wasn't like I blasted the thing. But, you know, in my head, I already had a bias that, like, you know, because I, I think I, it was the, I wanted to use a larger shot size, and that was the only four shot I could find. No, oh, okay. Was, you know, because I, I wanted to use something bigger than six, and I don't think they had five, and the only four I could find was steel. So I bought, you know, that steel four shot and had that experience with it. So what do you guys, what do you guys deer hunt with? I, I currently use lead. Um, and that's primarily just out of, (laughs) you know, that's what I could find. Yeah. You know, that's, um, when I when I bought my forty five seventy, um, you know I bought it second hand, and the guy sold me his his ammo with the gun. So the gun was sighted in for that ammo. I kept it that way. I still use that ammo now. Um, and then with the three fifty legend, I. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't even put any thought into verse steel or lead, you know, well, not steel, but, you know, lead or non-toxic. Right. You know, I just bought what was available at the store. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the big drawbacks, you know, with shooting a shotgun, there seems to be a lot of non-lead options. You know, back when it was a shotgun only state, I shot non-lead ammo. You know, I shot yeah. copper solids or uh, brass bullets, you know. Um, but once I switched to a forty-five seventy, I started using lead ammo again because I never consciously really chose to switch away from lead. Right. It was okay. just that's just what was available and what worked well for me was ammo that was non-lead. Jake, what about you? Um, as embarrassing as this is, I would assume it's lead. I shoot hand loads that dad loads. Mm, I yeah. think they're lead bullets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't that, purchase, that, but I do. That okay. silver so metal lead. in there, that's lead. Yes, lead. That's what I assumed. I just. Yeah. So lead, that's all I've ever shot. I shoot a 45-70 and I didn't really even have a choice, really. I won my 45-70 at a gun raffle from like a, one of those side games and dad came over with a bag of 60 hand loads and said, "Here's some bullets." Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I I've never purchased a bullet for that gun. I you know, I yeah. give dad if he, you know, if I, I don't think I've ran through my first 60 yet, but when I was getting low, I think he restocked me this year. Cause I was down to, I don't know, 20 shots or something. And the way we do deer drives down there, you never know. 
Yeah. So, so he restocked me and I just gave him some money and he loaded some more. So, yeah, I yeah. shoot the, I'm still shooting a 12 gauge and, and I shoot the, the federal trophy copper, the all copper bullets. And I've been happy with them. You know, I like the way they perform. Uh, that was kind of a conscious effort to move away from lead. We had a, actually the first turkey I shot was with lead shot and ended up getting, shooting a little low and getting a fair bit of shot in the breast. And so that was a, that was a bit of a, I don't want to say turn off, but it was definitely, it, it definitely spurred a handful of conversations when we were eating that turkey and you bite down on a, you know, cause I picked lead out as best I could. And when I was cutting it up, you know, we, we did turkey nuggets and, uh, you know, a handful of things with it. And, you know, you'd see, oh, there's, you know, there's a hole there. You'd see a dark spot, you know, and I pick shot out of it, but there were some that got through. So we cooked it with lead in it. You know, we heated it. We then, you know, turned it into, whatever we turned it into, you know, tacos, like I said, turkey nuggets, whatever. Then you put it in your mouth, bite down on it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then of course proceed to spit it out on your, on your plate. But, uh, that's one where I, I had intentions. I mean, the, like the, the tungsten turkey loads are, you know, great in theory, but just too rich for my blood. Uh, yeah. Well, I, if yeah. you're not also, I mean, if you're not shooting a 410, you know, that's it's overkill basically. Yeah. You know, what are you planning to do? Can you know, send its head to the next county? Right. You know, cuz yeah, if you can if you can easily kill a turkey, you know, with uh with a 410, you know, sending that through a a 12 gauge, it's like jeez. Yeah. A little bit of overkill, I get, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I had planned to switch to at least something like a copper plated lead BB. You know, hopefully, you know, the idea being, right, the copper is going to encapsulate the lead. The lead then won't leach out. And even if we get them in the food or the breast or whatever, it's copper, it's safe, it's no big deal. I haven't done that. And now, you know, ammunition is basically non-existent. So I'm going to shoot because I had bought, you know, boxes of, uh, I don't even know what I shoot, but I know it's a lead, a lead pellet turkey load. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get pretty good for performance out of that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it does, uh. It does, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I may have bought some federal copper plated lead. Yeah. I don't know. I should have went through my, my ammo box here, but I think I may have both now, but only like one box of the copper plated stuff and probably three boxes of the lead stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah. Cause I, you know, get significantly better. Well, I take that back. It's not necessarily the copper plating, but um, I use 
federal grand slam, you know, which is copper plated. And well, actually just federal in general it seems to shoot the best out of my gun. Um, okay. Yeah, Remington, I get pretty good performance. I get pretty good performance on the target too. <laughs> on the target. Couldn't oh, tell you what it does. Say. Couldn't tell you what it does to yeah. a turkey, but I could tell you it goes through that paper good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly talking about patterns, you know. But yeah, I my gun just doesn't like Remington turkey loads, okay. and because. And the copper-plated Remington was even worse than the the cheap turkey load. Oh, okay. Because, you know, I, you know, I'm a sucker for a deal, so in trying to find, plus, you know, tinkering, you know, if I find some turkey loads on sale, it's like, oh, well, I wonder if this will be better than what I have. Yeah. Um, but that... I'm I'm a big fan of uh, the Federal Grand Slam. It's you know I I think in general I'm a big fan of the Federal Flight Control Wad. That's what I'm really a fan of. You know I think that as long as you don't have a ported choke, I've heard and can't remember who it was but someone that we had down at the cabin was shooting federal flight control through a ported choke and was just getting horrible you know i was like shooting shooting it through a rifled barrel you know it was just getting horrible i wonder because i think i think i've got some i don't know if it's grand slam or what but i think it was a federal turkey load I think it has a flight control wad. Now that you say that, as I'm going back in my my memory bank here, I want to say the Federal was was patterning. It wasn't horrible like you're explaining, but it it wasn't as good as the the lead Remington Nitro Mag or whatever that that lead turkey load was. Mm-hmm. But maybe, but I am shooting a ported choke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, could have hmm. an impact. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think from now on, I'm going to, you know, start making a conscious effort to try to buy non-lead ammunition. I mean, I'm, I'm not really concerned about it too much. Right. Um. You know, mostly because I'm not shooting deer through the front shoulder. And if I do shoot a deer through the front shoulder, I realize that 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 meat is garbage. You know, I I understand that I have ruined that part. Um, But, you know, if prices are roughly the same. You know, I'm 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 willing to pay a little bit extra to get a non lead uh, non lead ammunition. Do they make a. Other than the tungsten stuff, do they make a non-lead turkey load? I'm I'm sure someone makes like a a steel, but you can't okay. shoot that through your average uh, turkey choke. You know, it'll blow it up. 
but I'm oh, sure it's, someone it's the, constri- the, the right. constrictions too tight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think they make uh, like I don't. You'd probably know better, but like the the copper powder, you know, uh, ammunition. Copper it's powder. Yeah, they they make ammunition out of compressed copper powder. Oh, like sintered copper or something? Yeah, I I I would assume that maybe someone makes a turkey load out of that, or uh, you know, one of those uh, because the other option is the like the you know not strictly tons tungsten but uh the polymer with tungsten powder in it oh okay you know they make polymer tungsten powder shot um yeah i don't know i don't know what exactly because yeah in in the turkey hunting realm lead you know is definitely very popular when it comes to all the different types of hunting you know lead is where it's at you know everybody if they're not shooting tungsten now right yeah you know everybody wants lead yeah well I think that's uh, probably a good place to wrap it up. It was a uh, you know lot to uh, lot to go over there. Like yeah. I said, I'll say it say it again. We're not experts on this. It was just you know kind of a conversation around lead and and you know the different areas of the conversation and and I guess things to be thinking about as you're making ammunition choices maybe in today's day and age maybe ammunition choices are being made for you because you gotta buy what's available right but uh yeah and i definitely think that if if there's a hunter demand you know for non-lead ammunition uh you know there would be more options on the market sure and the prices would fall you know because i think that's the biggest drawback right now is in most cases lead ammunition is far cheaper and right okay so but if 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 there's more interest in it i think manufacturers would find ways to make cheaper non-lead ammunition and you know with the volume uh prices could fall sure yeah but yeah, this is all, you know, when there you can actually have a choice in what ammo you buy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right right now you're buying what you can what you can get. Yeah. And hopefully you've got I mean, hopefully you can find some turkey loads for turkey season coming up or hopefully you've got some backstock because Yeah. Slim pickings. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And hopefully you all enjoyed the conversation.